Welcome to Invasion of Privacy. I'm Kate Wolf, and today I have guest Eddie Amato is here. Hi, Eddie. Hey, hey, Kate. And I met Eddie, so I'd heard a lot about Eddie, um, but I met you officially, I guess, about two weeks ago at the All School meeting, which I had, yeah, it was amazing. We can recap that a little bit later. Um, But the first topic I want to get in with you is public education because you are a teacher. How long have you been a teacher for? I've been teaching uh, high school for six. This is going into my sixth year. Crazy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so tell everyone what you teach. Uh, I teach technology and engineering. To what age range? To high schoolers. So ninth through 12th grade. Do you like teaching that age? I do. I really do. I feel like... um, my heart is in elementary really? age kids. Yeah. Okay. Um, part of uh, working at the at the high school, and um, we have uh, occasional meetings with other uh, technology and engineering educators in the area, which is really great because you can connect and um, explore different ideas and who's working on what and what's what's the newest yeah. uh, project or technology that's being integrated into a classroom and somebody had approached me about this uh, opportunity f- to teach uh, technology at a camp and when I thought of camp um, you know I thought of like the day camp that I went through as a kid yeah and I was like I don't know if I want to be a counselor he told me uh, a little bit about it so it really piqued uh, my interest because um, it sounded like uh, it just sounded incredible. I yeah. mean, the, the 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 camp is called, and I, I checked in with the uh, the the CEO. Uh, to I was gonna like, hey, you know, I'm I'm gonna be podcasting later. It's all right if I talk about the the camp because it's really good extraordinary for you for asking doing. first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, um, I wanted to honor that. Yeah. So I think it's good because some people you'd be surprised, right? At some people who are like, you mentioned my name on a podcast right, or my business, right, but right. I like the businesses that are down for it because it's great publicity. Totally. Totally. So yeah, sorry. Keep going. Um, yeah. So this guy was telling me about their classes and stuff they're being offered at the camp and it was like build and fly your own drone and uh, like 3D printing and laser engraving and etching and cutting and Sounds um, fucking awesome. Oh, man. Yeah. They, they have a, 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 a thing with like uh, they built these like skateboarding ramps and they do this whole skateboarding uh, uh, class. There was like a pro skateboarder yeah. that, that was teaching for a while. Kids how to ride and the kids even built their own skateboard. It was really neat. And then they learned how to ride it. It's just awesome. That's amazing. So, yeah, I teach uh, I teach four different classes this session. I work both sessions. Um, aeronautics. Uh, we build and fly model airplanes with the kids and even um, like these like quadcopters that are remote control is really neat. And uh, Rube Goldberg machines. Which what are is, those? It's like uh, there's this cartoonist Rube Goldberg and he would draw these like crazy contraption like machines. Lots of uh, processes to complete a, like a, okay. a very simple task like getting a ball in a cup or like turning a light switch on. But it would go through these like 10 or 12 different processes that were like raising levers and, you know, like seesaw like motions and pulleys and things, dominoes, whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, just to complete this task. So the kids are like highly engaged with problem solving and creativity. And um, and it happens like in this very organic uh, way, which is really neat. And uh, also I'm doing this. uh, It's it's a programming class called Scratch with these uh, robots called M-Bots. And uh, the Scratch is the software. 
and um, very user-friendly, kid-friendly. Uh, these like folks at MIT put it together and um, made it very accessible and available for, for children. It's free. And um, so, yeah, so I, I teach a bit of that and um, stop motion, which is pretty neat, um, like movie making. So uh, the idea of like uh, capturing moments frame by frame and then playing them together to create this like motion, like a like yeah. a Gumby, you know, classic uh, cartoon or whatever. Yeah. Um, things of that nature. There was that one. I what was it something in Gromit. Do you know what I'm talking Wallace about? And Gromit. Wallace yeah, and Gromit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm a big fan of stop motion pictures and all, you know, the claymation and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think it's so cool that you have such a range of skills um, and that you take all of them and are such an active, you you allow your students to be active learners because that's something that I found in the public school system annoyed me the most was the amount of teachers that were not utilizing that where a kid goes, they sit at their desk and they just get lectured at. No one's really good at learning that way. There has to be movement. You have to get up and actually apply process. So what I like that you're saying is that these kids are really engaged and motivated to learn these things. And, And you're teaching such a range of things as well. You know, the camp came to me at this time in my life where I was really starting to try to come into my own with my own style of teaching and pedagogy in the high school. And uh, after the first year or two, I mean, I'm fresh out of like teacher school, right? And mm-hmm. and um, very uh, familiar with lesson planning and all of the, um, what would you say, like the, the proper protocol, you know, for, for delivering a lesson and uh, things of that nature. But I found that like, when I came into the job, I mean, nothing prepares you like just to be like in it, you know, like when yeah. you're in it. And I remember like the first day of, uh, of school, my first day of teaching, I remember putting so excited to put like my set of keys, like my own set of keys and put the key in the door. And I walk in, there was a flood in the classroom. Are you like, serious? Yes, like a huge, <laughs> huge pool of water right in the middle of the, of the room. And, uh, uh it was just an interesting way to start. But, um, as I as I started to 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 learn the the lay of the land and and um, what it really was I was going to be doing uh, as a teacher, I started to find that there was something like I don't know if it was inauthentic, but something that I that I was like programmed to know and and a way to be that I that that served its place well in college you know and and coming into like even doing like my demo lesson to get hired I think it definitely very much has its place but I found that um I would spend a lot of time grading right and and I would mark up papers and uh I would try to deliver an offer like good feedback you know whatever mm-hmm. it might be to to the students because I feel like that's that's important right but when I would return the the paper to the kid, um, they would they would look at the number that was in the top right corner, and then shove it into a folder into their backpack, and they never saw yeah. it again. So I'm like, what the hell am I doing? You know, yeah. like what what's or what's really going on here? And wh- the more I started to dig deeper, it seemed like the only thing that mattered in public school, the only thing that really mattered to the students, was the grade. And Which sucks. Yeah, yeah. It's. I'm not against grading 100, percent but that can't be the main. Totally motivation. has its place. It totally yeah. has its place. But for some reason, it was hitting me in a, such a way where where it was, you know, it was like right in front of my eyes. The only thing I was seeing was just this attachment to um, doing whatever it took, 
really doing the bare minimum to get the maximum reward, which yeah. was in this case a number, you know, for the child. But yet they're they're like missing all that good stuff in between, like in between, you yeah. know, like what are they're walking? I felt like students were more or less walking away with knowledge of how to skate by without actually um, maybe embodying the work or learning it in such a way where, you know it. You know, like you really know. Well, what you just said is so, and I actually, so I did Dragon Sorcerer last sure, night, and yeah. a comic kind of touched on that as like, and not just grade wise, but like also just trying to survive wise, like just kind of barely getting by, you know, and that is a skill to learn, but it's like after a while, like you, you don't want to just survive, you want to thrive, right? So it's like we're teaching kids to just like, you know, cross their fingers and go, oh man, I hope I can get through this year instead of actually entering that building excited. Although I'm sure for your class, it sounds like at least they have some beats throughout the day to keep them going. And I think we all had that, like for me, it was art, right? Mm. So like, thank God that there are some things still that have like, what feels like a pulse to them. But these kids should not be just being like, how can I, what'd you say? Skate, how did you say it? Like, what was the phrase? It, it just seemed like scrape like, sca- by, yeah, scrape by. Like it just, yeah. um, uh, like like it's almost like they got away with something as yeah. opposed to yeah. uh, taking advantage of what's available. Like you know, like pick the teacher's Amen. mind. Like like put column on their on their stuff. You know, yeah. I, I, I feel like that's what. Uh, I mean, what greater gift, Kate? Like as an art teacher, did you have when you had a student in your class who's hungry for yeah. what you had to offer? You know, or it or, was awesome. Or interested. I in... used to tell the kids stories. Right on. <laughs> I'd be like, let me tell you why you wear a helmet when riding a bike. Like, and I would go. It, so even if it wasn't the art thing, like when it, when they wanted to hear and connect, it was so fun. I had to leave for many many reasons, but. I did love the connecting with the kids and especially the ones that were hungry. The connection is what lasts, yeah. you know, uh, um, and that was something that I learned from, uh, the, oh my gosh, I had this wonderful colleague. Um, her name is Carol and uh, she was totally like, I mean, I would, I would, there were good days and bad. I would go to her and I would let her know everything, you know, and I really trusted her judgment and I felt very safe and comfortable to be around her and, and, and honored her her perspective. She really loved what she did, yeah. you know, and and loved the the, the kids. And um, it's what lasts. I, yeah. I and that's what she helped me to learn so fa- like so quickly. What, yeah. and, and it made so much sense that the the thing that's going to stand the test of time is the connection and relationship that you had with and yeah. those crazy moments or those those uh, whether they're heartfelt or or what have you that you, the experiences that you had in the classroom or with yeah. the teacher, even if it was just one on one after class, when you were seen or heard yes. or like you know, where, where I feel like the magic happens. Like that's. Um, where like the learning took place. I mean, a big time, yeah. uh, a, a big thing for me while I was growing up in, in, in school is I, I, I loved connecting with my teachers and, and getting past like that, that teacher student threshold to a point where you're, you're two like human beings sharing a, a, a conversation or, or like talking what, what f- about what felt so real. I mean, there are times yeah. in the, in the beginning of the, the school year where I'll share with my students like, uh, like we're, we're kind of playing this game together. You know, I got up this morning, I put on my shirt and tie, you know, I showed up here and I'm, and I'm playing teacher. I'm playing the role of teacher. Like you guys got your, you know, your threads and you're coming to school and you're going to play student. Yeah. Right. But like, how do you want to play this game? You know, do is, um, 
there are high scores and low scores. There are kids who figure out the cheat codes, right? And you don't need every gold star to get to the next level, you know? But some kids go to, like, the, the game store and buy the book so they can get every yeah. gold star, you know, or whatever it is for the game to before they get to the next level, you know? Um, I offer the opportunity for, for the students that if they want to play it differently or they have a better game but can still... Uh, you know, I could still justify that there, there's learning taking place, like, by all means, you know? Yeah. Uh, that no, it's beautiful. And what, it made me think of just impressions in general, impressions, and it ties into connection, where it's like, even starting really young, whether it's in a classroom or just an aunt and uncle or someone who just really speaks to your soul, right? And not just speaks to it, but you feel safe around and things like that. They make an impression forever. And it's also not, it's random moments too, like you're saying, an after-school club, just someone showing that kind of care and concern for your soul and your being. It stays with you. And um, Oh, what's that? Is that your phone? That's my phone ringing in the other room. (laughs) For a second, I was like, is there a spirit in here? Like, (laughs) I love that's where my mind, because it was like a faint sound at first. Oh, I can still, should we just let it go I'm or do you want to go get should it? I, should I just go silence it? Do you want, I mean, you can let it play out. All right, we'll let it play out. Yeah, it's fine. It'll be over soon. Yeah, yeah. But it's so funny. I feel like that happens a lot too in like a spiritual school. And it kind of happened at a couple moments in the weekend where it's like, you'll, someone will say something and then like someone's phone with like angel chimes will start to go yep. right at that time. Yep. Or like, what's like your GPS say it's like rerouting or like something like, I remember like that came up in class one day like we were like hysterical, you know, it was like, and it always happens to find like the perfect yes. moment where it's like yes. totally a sign from, from something, you know, or yes. Well, Eddie and I actually, we got Chipotle beforehand and I was telling a story <laughs> where I was like, I was telling the story about when I took that edible when I was on deep inside the right, rabbit hole right, right. and spiraled and I was saying how when I went outside I just wanted to scream at the top of my lungs because at the moment I was like nothing matters this is all an illusion so let's just scream and as I was saying it a little girl right behind me like screamed out of nowhere and I was like exactly like on the top of her lungs yeah 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 so it was just funny because like just so many synchronicities keep popping up for those of us who are waking up it's just everywhere Anyway, do, do you want to talk more? Because we can go into so many yeah, topics. No, well, what I do you want to say? I was going to thread it back to, because um, I, w- I, was, I was speaking to like the, 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 the focus in the classroom on, on the number, you know, or the average, right, in the grade. Yeah. And um, I mean, I even had a professor in college who was like, he was like, if you want the A, he's like, you can have it. Now what are you going to do? Oh, interesting. You know, so like I kind of take Make that. learning fun, everyone. Yeah. Whoever's a teacher, make it or, fun. Or make it real. Yes. Well, yeah. both. Right. Right. Yeah. I totally, I mean, I'm totally a goofball and, and if I can learn while having fun, that's the way I want to learn, you know? Yeah. But, um, with the, with, in my, uh, experience and trying to be as authentic to myself as possible. I'm going to really need want, you to hold the mic. I, I'm sorry. I really, I, <laughs> I'm new here. Um, You're good. I try to create an authentic learning environment, right? And, and what is that, you know, or yeah. what does that look like? And I found that if we're going to keep uh, chasing this number, I felt at the time that uh, that's going to have to change. So uh, there was uh, there was something that took place where my the, the superintendent wound up outside my classroom. Right. And and I and I had stopped to uh, the, the students were were working on a project and I, and I took a moment to, to step outside and and talk to him. And I let him know how I felt, just kind of like what I told you about um, how I felt about the number. And yeah. and um, Good for you. 
he he has his ta- he's got this tablet in his hand and he like pulls up like the the code of conduct or something for like the like their teacher handbook and he was like hey there's nowhere in here that says that you have to uh do this or that i mean you have to give them an average right yeah but like how you want to get there he was kind of like you know it's 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 um relative you know um so I didn't know anything about standard-based grading until uh, late, like until like after this conversation I had with the with the superintendent. It was well received because not shortly after I found myself in um, in one of the AP's office, the assistant principal's office, and he was like, uh, you know, would you be interested in going to uh, St. Louis for a conference on standard-based grading? And I was like, yeah, you know, sure. Wow. Like it was, it felt like an honor, you know, and. Um, you know, he let me know that it was the conversation that I had with the with the superintendent was was the reason why this opportunity had had come about. So, um, standard based grading, just briefly, it's it 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 it, it is a way to um, to assess growth in a more um, in a more intimate and 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 in my opinion, a meaningful way. Um, it's kind of like your rate, like I, I put standards in my grade book and, and, and one of those standards or, or you, you, are you familiar with standards? Like the art, artistic standards for like, uh, I mean, I to used to through? be like, I, I, but honestly, I'll, yes. Like, and I would go through them and I would be like, oh, it, it's good to see, to make sure you're hitting those beats, but I'm never one to like the rigidity of some of those things just makes my soul so angry. Right. So it's like I couldn't pay too much attention to them because, but I but I made sure I hit all the I had to do lesson plans and make sure that they were hitting those standards. Right, right, exactly. So, but like, so the standard I was is like, like, duh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know how to fucking teach. I know how Just to connect to this. kids. Yeah, exactly. I got this. Right, but I've always right. been. You know, a little like so, so standards just very quickly. It's it's basically like what we teach to, you know, it's like student will be able to and then fill in the blank, you right. know, whether it's uh, and, and the standards that I play with are like, you know, contrib- I feel like any good teacher already knows those innately. Don't you think? I think yes and no. You okay. know, I think yes and no. I think they have their place and they're You're they're right. a pretty good guide, you know, if they're if they're structured yeah. the right way or if you um, <laughs> if you decide to teach to them. But um, yeah, no, I, they do have a place. Totally. I'm just, yeah. yeah. I'm just reacting. I, yeah. Because once again, the public school system for me pushed me out because of, I didn't feel free enough. But I think you're finding more freedom Trying to find than a balance, I did. Yeah, you know, because uh, it's it's definitely something I wrestle with. But um, you know, I, I I'm not I'm not interested in leaving what I've what I've kind of like what I've started. You know? I think you're killing it. So Th- I thanks. don't think you should be leaving right now. Like who knows what your future holds? But yeah, you seem who, to be. I no, I'm yeah. It's like the whatever it is that I'm cooking here is not cooked yet. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And I'm interested to to keep it going, you know. But um, again, just like for the for the sake of this, because um, the, the standard it's it's what we teach to. Um, student will be able to contribute to a group conversation in a meaningful way. It's like a, something that I'll assess. So what it allows for is freedom for the students to be able to prove to me that they have learned something. If they want to sing about it, they want to dance about it, they want to write me a poem about it, even though it's technology education you want to build about it you want to make a clay model whatever it is that's that's your thing is what i try to hone in on you know it's kind of a a daunting task like it's a bit you know it's like it's funny because you bring up like things like passion into a department meeting or into a faculty meeting yeah and i remember i remember sitting in my my middle school placement at at this um this middle school district and 
and we, we were in a department meeting together and it was just when I was getting like, you know, still way wet behind the ears with the whole teaching thing and just getting a taste, you know, with student teaching of what it's going to be like. And I'm sitting there in a department meeting in this old, like total, like old school, you know, ex Vietnam vet turned shop teacher, you know, fuck their self-esteem. It's like what he said. Yeah. And I was like, dang, yeah. like how, how, what like platform do you have to like, why are you even doing this? If that's yeah. like how you feel. Well, no, there's so many teachers who are no longer into it, but they stay because of tenure and they feel like they don't have any other options in their life. And you can feel the teachers that are still very much excited to be there. And the ones that are like already checked out years ago. I found that if you get a kid that's inspired or or has found something that's interested, like that you're gener- genuinely interested in, I yeah. just have to get out of their way, yeah. you know, or, or, or offer them what they might need, you know, or, or give them what they might need, you know, whether it's material supplies, whether it's paint, wood, whatever. I don't yeah. care. I, at this point, I don't get I didn't care. You know, I yeah. even kind of ran myself. Uh, a little crazy this past year because I was, you know, it's, and the other thing is frustrating is like, if you need something, I'm not sure how it was for you, um, teaching art where, wherever it was. Um, but like if you needed a material or if you needed a, a, a special something, the process that you have to go through to order something through the school and then like the, the paperwork that has to get pushed around. And it's like, it's like, here it is, it's in November and you, and you finally caught this kid on, on a day where, where he or she is all the way there and they're like, okay, I want to do this and I'm going to need that. I got to go reach into my own pocket and go to the hardware store or whatever it is myself because by the time I push the yeah. paperwork through, it's going to show up, you know, in, in, in February, you know. Or a lot of teachers pay out of their own pocket. Totally. For, it yeah. is a, a big de- It's definitely common. You yeah. Know? And, it's certainly worse in some districts than others. Though. Right. It's yeah. it's unfortunate. I feel like uh, I feel like the structure doesn't necessarily have to be in yeah. such a way. And if it was a little bit more accommodating, I'm curious yeah. what that would what that would offer students, you know, or what that would what. Um, possibilities you know something that I want to share that I'm really proud of because of that whole that that spawned of that whole standard based thing and why whatever the hell I was getting at with that whole thing was I was teaching this robotics class and it was uh, it was a really great bunch of individuals that were in there it's like everybody played their role Mm -hmm. and um, there was such a community um, that was created in this in the room and I really really looked forward to this period and um, there was a time where I had you know I was like you know, this is what, this is my job. Here it is. Here are all the standards that I have to prove or that you really, you, the, the, the students have to prove to me that you understand when you walk out of here, yeah. you know, and then it's my job to build all these lessons and, and projects and ideas and things that, for you to prove me that you've learned them. So here they all are. Like, let's be completely transparent. Here's what you need to prove me to, uh, uh, need to prove whether it's programming and, and using the robotics and being able to, to, uh, problem solve and use the design process and, um, to, you know, to come up with a solution. And this one kid, he like raises his hand and he's like, Mr. Mono, it's a, it's a robotics class. Uh, do you remember the water bottle flipping? Remember like that was like a, such a big deal. Like the Poland spring water bottle, like filled up to here and you just flip it and toss and the kids would go nuts. Yeah. So he raises his hand. He's like, Mr. Mono, it's a robotics class. Let's build a robot to flip a water bottle. And I thought he was like egging me on, you know, or like I took it almost as, cause like I can, I can be a little insecure, uh, in front of them too and vulnerable. So I thought he was kind of like picking on me and because I guess whatever it was that I was doing, I wasn't really doing it for him. So let's make this water, this water bottle flipping robot. So the next day I'm like, let's do it. And they, they split themselves up into groups. They, they wrote down all of the possible standards they felt that this project would cover, which was many, surprisingly yeah. enough. Then they went and, and they dove headfirst into oh, yeah. it. 
And I found that there was something magical happening, no doubt, because the kids were teaching the kids. The kids were, groups were asking, it was like, uh, if you were to paint a picture of what like classroom environments and learning should look like, I feel like this is the picture. It was students helping students. It was, they were, they were trying and experimenting and making mm -hmm. mistakes and going back and, um, and fixing them, which is which is a really hard thing to do in public school, especially when your your periods are only forty minutes long. By the time you you come in, you settle down, you get ready to rock and, and go. You, you got twenty minutes to do whatever it is that you set out to do, and then you got to clean up and pack it in, and then you got to go be a mathematician somewhere else, or a historian, or a scientist. You know, which is kind of weird in and of itself to have things so uh, separate. Um, it took these kids a week. It took this one group a week to make it. Well, uh, uh, prior, they asked me how long that they had to do this. I was like, you can have the whole school year yeah. to do this project. You can take however long it needs you to do or, or, or you know, whatever it takes. It took them a week. And not only did it take them a week, but there's a nine-second video of it that was done on uh, with a kid's Snapchat. The, we all got together, and, and it was like one of the first trial runs of this kid's robot flipping the water bottle, right? And... I'm, I'm standing there and we're all huddled around this thing, right? On the, like the classroom floor. And they, they hit the button to initiate the motion of the robot. And this thing leans back. It, like they completely captured the whole wrist, arm, shoulder, hand motion in the form of like this robot. It did the water bottle flip. It landed stuck like, like a gymnastics event. And the kids went nuts. They, they, they were cheering. And they post. It's uh, one of my students. He he posted it to like, he direct messaged House of Highlights, and it and there it sat that video, this nine second video clip on this like Instagram page. It ended up showing up on World Star. It went viral that night. I was wow. so blown away. That's amazing. It was amazing. I had the phone on speakerphone, uh, like two days later in the middle of my classroom with media licensing companies reaching out. Hey, uh, um, you know, we're so-and-so from, from Europe and, and we deal with, you know, BuzzFeed and Ellen DeGeneres and, and tonight, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we want to offer you uh, media licensing opportunities for, for this video because it was exploding. And, um, I, I kind of regret not doing it, but it was kind of breaking the rules with the school. To, like, I didn't want to profit no, off of like sense. a student's accomplishment yeah. or that's not what it's about. But I was, um, really grateful for that experience because it showed that um that that the 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 students can still come through with that freedom to to explore and to and to um problem solve like on their terms like on on a project that they're willing to uh to work on you know yeah. to 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 thrive on so I want to ask you some other, I'll ask sure. another teaching thing, but I want to get into a whole, I want to get into other topics other cool. than teaching. Yeah. So, but real quick, I just want to know at what age did you know you wanted to be a teacher? I still don't know if I want to be a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. My, uh, I had a conversation with, with this in high school. My, my mom had, had come into my room and she was like, what are you going to do? You know, what do you want to do? And I really didn't know. Um, I was... I, I had some experience with public speaking at the time and um, tinkering and working with my hands was kind of like my way of life. It was like okay. my vehicle for a lot. Um, uh, my, my dad uh, built our house. Um, my grandfather, uh, big tinkerer, um, f you know, uh, phenomenal with, it was so funny. My, my grandfather in his, like in his seventies, you know, uh, 
we'd have a problem with our computer at home, we'd call grandpa, you know, to, to, to fix it and to uh, diagnose whatever it was. Um, you know, my uncle's a mechanic. Uh, I just grew up with a lot of uh, opportunities for experience to, to construct and to tinker and to like a, to a know-how, you know, being a handyman kind of thing. So um, that was very alive in me. And my, and, and I loved my tech classes. I loved, I loved my shop classes. It was, it was, it reminded me of, of really fond memories of with my, uh, my dad, especially when we're holding a flashlight or working w- with him. Um, and it was an environment that was familiar. There was lots of tools and things that I was familiar with using. So I feel like I thrived in, in the, in the tech room. So, uh, my mom was like, well, what about teaching? You know, what about teaching, teaching technology? And for some reason it, it really stuck with me, you know, um, that, that notion. And I mean, at the time when I was a senior in high school, like, you know, my parents didn't go to college and, um, I was a little naive about the whole thing. Like I, I, I went, I, I didn't, I didn't know really what the common application was. And I remember all my friends like applying to schools and I remember being like, like, what's that? Like, like, like the whole process, like it didn't make sense to me. Um, so I decided to do a uh, community college for a year or so right out of, uh, right out of school. Cause I was working like three jobs. I was my dad at a landscaping business for years and, uh, he had sold it, but he kept all the equipment. So I made good use of it, you know, mowed a, a, a ton of lawns on my block and I was making good money. I was working at a restaurant and, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to get out of community college. And all of the tech teachers that I had in uh, middle school and high school all went to Oswego. So I knew that that's where I had to go if I was going to become uh, a tech teacher. So that was kind of like uh, okay. the jump off, you know, okay. was, was transferring there. All right. I need to get into other topics. Sure. We yeah. have to. Call, totally. Okay. And you can always say, because I think what's cool is not many teachers have come on Invasion of Privacy because... So many teachers, (laughs) you have to have a certain kind of public profile in a sense. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not going to, I'm not going to ask anything that would, seriously, I'm (laughs) not going to go, you know what I mean? Because of course, it's going to be a different thing than if I had a comedian on, you know, we we would be talking about goat porn or something. Well, actually, I don't want to talk about goat porn (laughs) to anyone, but, um, (laughs) but so I just wanted to tell you that before, like, but I do want to ask because, okay, so. Eddie's in the school that I'm always talking about for a society of souls. And what's cool is a lot of these, not just younger guys, but girls like are starting to enter this school. And I love the sensitivity that I'm seeing in a lot of men and how it's starting to be more cool to be sensitive. Mm. So on that note, I would just like to hear like in terms of even like not just dating, but like, approaching vulnerability and sensitivity around love and dating. Like I want to hear your real experience of what it's like as a man, um, having a crush on a person or dating. It doesn't have to just go to dating though. Like I just want to hear because men are just starting to really open up about how sensitive they are and how nervous they get and things like that. I would love to hear your experience with those kinds of feelings and like, (laughs) A lot of people want to look cool a lot of the time, you sure. know, and fit in. So I want to hear maybe even a struggle with, you know, the balance of wanting to be cool and look cool versus really opening up and showing your heart. I just want to hear your experience with those things. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, you know, I, I recently started seeing someone and um, 
it, and and especially you know it's you bring up the work with with NKH right and and you go through that's these non dual kabbalistic non dual kabbalistic healing, healing. And, we, and we go through these shatterings right and these these births and 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 deaths and and so on and so forth so explain I'll explain a shattering is basically when so much new light's trying to come in and your old system can't really hold it you shatter but a shattering uh, for me I'll say I'm not you can explain your shatterings for me it's like. Sometimes I can barely move. It could be a fetal position kind of thing, like where you <laughs> you just feel exploded on the inside. S- people have shatterings differently. Some people's shattering could be a drinking binge, or I don't know. People shatter differently. But what what are your shatterings like? Shatterings are kind of like um, everything the way like everything that you thought the way that it was uh, happens to just be turned on its head, yes. you know, or, or completely changed, and. Um, so that that breaks away because it's no longer um, it's it's like it's no longer the uh, the ground that you have to stand on. It's different now, um, and then you find yourself kind of going through like moving through uh, like post shatter in a way that uh, it feels like everything's kind of anew. You know, like you're taking that's a beautiful thing, way of putting it. Yeah, like you're taking things in um, in 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 very much a way of like the first for like the first time. So. Um, I feel that I've gone through one route relatively recently and, and since um, seeing um, this new uh, girl, I have to say it feels like dating for the first time in a way because I've made myself, um, I have such a desire to be present with this person and, um, and open and honest in, 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 uh, in, in, in every way that I can because I'm finding that um, I really strive to live my life authentically and, and honestly and, and truthfully and, um, and including the stuff that I don't like about myself and being aware of it and, and not trying to, you know, kill those parts of me off, but have a relationship with them. Right. So in the, in the terms of like dating and, um, and just having this, this relationship, I have found that, um, there are times where I'd be, I'd be having this conversation and there's something coming up in me that, that I either am, am nervous to share, um, might be a little embarrassed to share. Um, and I found that I've, I've mustered the courage to, to kind of overcome that fear and, and say it. That's uh, amazing. And uh, whatever, really, whatever it might be, even if it's like, you know what, I, I, I felt like there was a, a big build to, uh, to meeting, um, on, on this day and you know we talked about getting together today but I have to say that I woke up this morning and and I'm feeling completely depleted you know low energy um, I, I, I really just need to rest yeah. and I feel like an old me would have just pushed through and then we meet and then it's terrible because I am not comfortable you know in my own skin at this point and um, not pr- uh, present enough for and, and honoring you know being with someone else and and taking the, them in completely or being there so I remember bringing this up relatively recently and, you know, I find that when, when the fear shows up, you know, with, with whether it's sharing or, or, or communicating or, or, or like a public speaking, whatever it is, in this case, the relationship, that there's that fear that arises. And, and I found that, that after you bust through, you know, you, you, you say it or you communicate it in the best way that you can, that there is this like feather bed waiting for you on the other yeah. side. Like sometimes, this. sometimes it feels skiffle. Yes, but I've also had where sometimes the honesty can also, not that it's not a bed, but sometimes you land a little, do you know what I mean? Like, sure. I mean, the, yeah. But I, you win no matter what when you're honest. That's I how think. I feel. That's how I, that's how I feel. 
I, f- I feel that's very true. You know, I mean, if, if, What's the other if, option? if you're true and you're honest, I mean, what, what do you have to hide? You know, what, yeah. you know what I mean? No, that's what um, I'm saying. If, if you're not, and it's hard, you know, we're saying it like it's easy. We've been, so Eddie graduates in a year, mm. the program. I just graduated. I'm continuing my education, but it's like, it is hard to truly learn to be authentic and embodied and still not just authentic, but compassionately authentic because being authentic isn't like well i'm thinking fuck you so fuck you you know that's how road rage uh really happens it's like allowing yourself to be angry like we were kind of talking about anger earlier but it's like so many of us feel bad for the rage that sometimes swims through our system and it's just like being authentic is just honoring these parts it doesn't mean you are them or you have to act on them but it's been really challenging for me because sometimes I think the rudest things in my head, but sometimes they're really funny. They're not even like rude. They're just like, and that's what I love about little kids. That little girl screaming is like little kids. They're not as filtered as we are. And sometimes it's good to be somewhat filtered, right? So where it's not like Lord of the Flies, mm. but I, I want to live in a more honest society where it's like, you could just say how you feel. And it's, it's held in a sacred space where it's like, People are like, oh, why would you say that, Cindy? You know, it's like, I don't know. I, I, I ache and I know I'm like helping lead that with the comedy and all that, you know, of just trying to say sure. what's really going on. But I still have a hard time always saying what's really going on. You, you bring up like the um, like a like a young child. And, and it's so funny because the, the the camp that I'm working at, the Discover Camp, um, it really nourishes that that one of me that, that likes to connect with with the elementary kids. And there, it's and the big reason why is like they're not afraid to be wrong or they're not afraid to like they're not so um, like be, like by the time I feel like they get to high school, it's like we got to unpack all this stuff that they, yeah. you know, um, big egos and, and the way that they think it is and, and so on and so forth. But like with the elementary school kids, like they're they seem so like yeah. um I don't know. I find them to be very genuine and authentic. Yes. You know, um, I mean, there's nothing better than <laughs> like being like standing next to an eight year old who's just wide awake and like knows what they like, what they don't like. And this is what I'm doing. Like, like and, I, and I, I drew the duck blue because I've never seen a blue duck before. You know, and blue duck keeps coming in. And then I watched Billy Madison with Shane and right. my mom. And I'm like, oh, the blue duck. Right. Does, yeah. does every dude already know that? Like that. The blue for duck, Billy Madison. Yeah. yeah that's how I, I know. forgot. Like that. That's where it was. Because I've been hearing blue. duck. I think it started. Did you who painted the blue duck on the on the mural at the all school meeting? Was that you? Good or, question. I'm not sure. It might have been Ted, actually. But he said blue duck. And it was like swimming. I was like, where did I hear that from? And then I rewatched Billy and I was like, oh. So Blue duck. Oh, he did. He did. I watched him. Oh my God. Yeah. Now I can see him. Yeah. I, he did uh, draw that. I remember watching him paint it. It was awesome. Did you paint anything Freaking on tag. the tree? I, I drew a heart, a big heart. That's right. Cause yeah. I did a heart and then you did a heart and then I drew like a squirrel lizard. It was so cool to see what everyone was like. Yeah. I, I did the big heart and then I also painted with green paint. I painted my left hand completely yeah. and then I did like a handprint on there. It and turned out beautiful. So we oh, did this gorgeous. big like communal painting at this retreat mandala and what's cool is like because there are people of different artistic levels kind of coming through and it was neat to see even people who are more timid with art because they shut it down years ago maybe kind of tiptoeing up and deciding what they want to put and i felt like you were kind of opening up to your painting and drawing right my mom used to set me up with an easel in like the front of our house when i was a kid and i remember like i used to love painting the like the front facade of that of the house yeah and then it kind of like I, I drifted away from like the whole uh 
artsy thing, but I, I love drawing trucks and cars for the longest time, houses. I thought I wanted to be an architect for a while. But uh, yeah, there's something about that, but, but totally connecting with that. There is something about it, about um, being able to express yourself, you know, um, through painting. Yeah. And um, there were so many beautiful uh, paintings and, and uh, artists, you know, like involved in this, in this work. It was really neat. Yeah. And just also like the talent show. Com- oh my gosh. Really yeah. got to display so many people. And they're different talents that you wouldn't necessarily know just when you're like having lunch with everyone. It was really awesome. What about the silent retreat? Wasn't that? I wasn't oh, there for there. the silent. Yeah, I'm not. Maybe next time. I like talking. <laughs> but you know what? That's not even. I do like talking, but I actually really enjoy silence. So maybe in two years, I will do that one, especially because I heard um, didn't like. So you did the silent retreat. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't yeah. you guys like have an experience swimming across a lake or something like that was <laughs> I swam life changing like the, like the length of the reservoir. Well, um, yeah, of course it was like the whole, I think, ex- like, I think like that. every moment was life changing. <laughs> like in that. Well, that. I can imagine swimming across a beautiful lake while in silent meditation, but still near really uh, close friends should be it, it, I can imagine the experience because you're not talking and yet you're sharing this experience together. It was really special and no doubt. And it's a strenuous act to swim across a lake and oh, back. Sure. So you're in silence together and then doing this thing and like conquering this lake in a sense, but not like conquering in a bad way. You're you're, you're doing this thing. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, well. That's something I could hang with. Well, I don't know. Actually, I would be able to enter a lake in Silent Tree. I don't think I'd be able to swim necessarily the full length and back. Do you ever get creeped out swimming in things like lakes and stuff? Like, do you get creeped out about like the animals or like I still have to like. I capsized a kayak in the Hudson River. Oh, really? And the the what do you call it? The floor like the the bottom of the the river like i can remember my my foot touched it and it was like the most it was like um like quick sand only like quick mud and yeah. like like oh my foot would touch it and then all of a sudden it would just get like swallowed and like god knows what is down there but uh yeah that was like really uncomfortable like experience and like the hudson it's like it's like i wish this felt cleaner you know because it's the Hudson's like, so beautiful it's and yeah gorgeous. it's so polluted it's gorgeous, unfortunately for, exactly i don't such get a it. shame it sucks yeah well hopefully that's like part right of waking up what's that hopefully that's what's part of wake everyone waking up is taking better care of our planet and Please. our waters and oceans and yeah it drives me nuts yeah okay all right so i just want to go back into this a little bit more sure. when it comes and uh, we're not going to get too personal here okay but like so when it comes to dating and really being vulnerable, mm. like, is it getting easier for you as you do this work to open up or is it still really frightening? Like, cause I feel like, and this isn't for all men, but I feel like we've taught men in our society and women too, in a different way that like, you're not supposed to care so deeply or there's something wrong with you. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like, cause I believe that like true romance brings you to your knees and yet I'm seeing that there's this like belief system that like if you're, and I'm not saying that you should be brought to your knees where like you barely feel like you can get through the day, but like, I feel like there's this stigma, not just with men, but with women too, that if you care that much, there's something wrong with you, you know? And, and I, I've seeing it with certain of my friends are starting to fall for real in love with mm. new people. And, um, 
I can see them struggling with this thing of like, oh God, I'm opening up, but oh fuck, like I don't want to care so much about a person where I'm like being seen and, um, you know, if this person doesn't uh, call me back in time or text me at this point, like I don't want to care so fucking much. And yet that's what I think real, real love does when you care about someone that much, like they don't text back for half an hour and your stomach, you know, does a flip or something. Yeah, I could totally relate to that. So yeah, yeah how, how are you, how's your relationship to that kind of stuff? as you do the work and as you open up more and include the sensitive being that you are and that we all are? You know, that's, that's Kate, okay, that's a really good question. And, um, I don't know that I, I need to like sit with it. You know, I don't know that I have like the words to like really put together exactly how I feel with all that. Come up with a poem the, well, right a, <laughs> now, Eddie. Do you have like a canvas? I can paint it for <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, you know, stereotypes and masculinity and, and, and men who feel emasculated when it comes to feeling sensitive and um, maybe being afraid to really show how much they do care. I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. a real thing. You know, I, 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 it's a huge it's thing. It's a huge thing. And same with women, but men, I think, have it a little like I feel like men are especially supposed to be like, I don't fucking care. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, I mean that might be a really bad story. Like I, mean, yes I went a little no. too far yes in one no. direction. It's it's like um, you know I think I think that a, a a male might feel that they have to be the uh, you know the protector protector provider and and the rock right the the yeah. the one that you can you can count on if anything should ever go wrong. And I think that the biggest fear for a man might be to, to, to feel weak in, in front of a, a, a girl or in front of their date, you know, um, to feel uh, soft, to, to feel like they, they, couldn't, they can't live up to, um, to being that, that image in, in, in every moment, you know, because yeah. that's, a, that's a huge task for, for someone to, to take on, to always be that way, you know, and not show... Uh, vulnerability or, or sensitivity um, more, maybe m- more readily, you know, or more um, often as, as I, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe it's just me that, um, that, that feels that way. But um, yeah. Yeah. I just have found that so much of the spiritual journey for me is allowing to care, allowing yourself to care about what you actually care about. I feel like my whole life, I've always thought the things that pulled me the most and that I cared about made me like a silly teenager or a silly kid, you know, cause you're told those things as you grow up. Like if you care about your Barbie so much or glitter, it's like, Oh, you're just a silly kid. I know that's obviously the girl version, but who knows? Cause guys like, uh, you know, whether it's Barbies or action figures, who doesn't like glitter, but you get what I'm saying? Like you're taught from a young age, like that the things you like are silly not every kid has that, but for the most part, it's like, no, this is what grownups like. This is what people who have it together are like. And then mm. you keep thinking that that's where you're supposed to be. But I think the truth is, and this is Peter Pan shit, that like you're excited about what you're excited about, you know, and it's okay. And we're all very frail, but also strong beings. And I think there's something about love that brings us to that place too. And we go like, Oh, but I'm not supposed to feel this weak on someone 
this and not just with love but like love for a hobby right like if you get really infatuated with building something it's like oh i need to i need to walk away i'm getting crazy it's like Mm. no like you're allowed to get really deep into things i'm not saying lose yourself completely in it but like it's just so interesting how i feel like this is part of the journey is you're allowed to be into what you're into even if it's like watching the kardashians or makeup stuff or toy trucks like you know how many dudes have like um those like train sets those like miniature models my i had uh matchbox cars and um i, I you know i have such a love for cars and and trucks big time you well, know, you're still, also still a mechanic do, you're do. also a mechanic i wouldn't say a mechanic oh, i mean i not? love to work on my okay. car you know i like to okay. take care of it you know and 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 um, I had to learn a lot, you know, uh, to, to take care of it. Because I really, you know, I come from that that place of, uh, or in that upbringing of like, we did it ourselves, you know, yeah. uh, uh, a leaky faucet or whatever, whatever, it didn't matter, you know, uh, we did it, our, we pretty much did it ourselves. And um, getting back to the Matchbox cars, um, my, my father for years did uh, snow plowing in the winter. And there was a year where I couldn't go with him, I was sick. So my mom put salt, she bought like mm. two big containers of salt and in a cookie sheet, laid all the salt down and I had my, my little like plow truck with a, a matchbox car plow truck with a plow and I would push the salt around with the plow truck as if it was like snow plowing or whatever when I was Hell a kid. Yeah. It's like a fond memory yeah. of mine. Yeah. 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 No, and I know, um, so, and I won't bring Shane into it because I, I just never, but I will bring in another kid that I know very well who's like kind of part of my family, but he was obsessed with the match car and his parents were actually cool about it. They never made fun of him. They never belittled him for having this insane collection. And that's what it really is. Like he took care of each and every model. He knew the year, the make, you know, he loved the colors and the paints to them. And I think that these are things that should be cherished. Like these hobbies or our crushes or our loves, like really allowing yourself to be into the things we're into and then when you see the belief systems come up that are like, oh, I'm such a loser that I like this th- that much. It's like, no, 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 no. Like that was someone else's belief system that they put on me. Like it's totally cool to geek out about whatever it is you geek out about. Like we're all geeks on the inside for certain things. Like own your inner geek. Like, totally. We're totally. all geeks. Weird is in, I, t- I even say that to the kids. I'm like weird is in now. Like if you're like whatever it yes. is that your, your thing is like uh, dyeing your hair or like – I don't know. Like you name it. Like if you, if you're going to do it, like go all the way, like own it, you know, make it yours. And, and as long as you're not taking anybody else down, like go do it. Like just embrace your inner geek, like whatever that means. Cause I don't really think it's geeky. Like, so whatever you're geeked out about, like fucking just do it. I mean, I I do have a stand up joke where I'm literally like, what, you're not going to get that Michael Jackson tattoo you always wanted. Cause you care about what Susan from accounting thinks, you know what I mean? And then I go into it, but it's like for real, like, I want to see a community of people just like totally embracing who they are. And even if it's their anger, like this is not also, you know, people who are quote unquote spiritual. This isn't about being friends with everyone and fake nice to everyone. And like, cause people have that misconception and then they feel bad about themselves again. Like, Oh man, like why can't I always be happy and like Ned Flanders, you know? And it's like, no, that's not, what this is about like it's about just being who you are and you don't have to like everyone doesn't mean you can be mean to people but like you're allowed to have boundaries and I like I won't go too into it but Eddie was saying because at the all school meeting that's when he met me and just from hearing me on here maybe I come off as like super friendly which I am (laughs) but I'm also super like 
I think I have pretty good boundaries. And at this point I know when I have to remove myself Mm. from, even if it's just like situations that are very energetic and I need to just take some alone time. I love that you picked up, I'll let you say in your own words, but you picked up on the fact that like, I'm just not all always smiles and talking. And like, I, I very much need my alone time or my space. And to me, that's part of being quote unquote spiritual, whatever that really means. Sure. I mean, I can thank the school for um, honoring that, like, like the time that I need on my, uh, to be by myself, you know, or um, even just like, yeah, just like the little things that you need to feel, uh, uh, to feel, to feel yourself, you know, and whatever, whatever, yes. whatever comes up, you know, in your rage or in your um, joy or what, what have you, you know, um, you're allowed to escape to your car. If you, you know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah. I need to like get out of a place and go into my, so if I get to a comedy club early, sometimes I'll walk in, be in the green room for 10 and I'm like overwhelmed. Right. And I'm like, I just need to walk to my car and sit for 15 minutes by myself. I used to feel weird. And now I'm like, no, this is great. Yeah. I, I, I guess I grew tired of like constantly forcing myself into situations that I just didn't want to be in. But, but, but because either my friends were there or, um, people that I thought that like, listen, I really should be here to show you know, that I care and that, you know, I love all these people, like I'm going to go and then I go there and it's just like more damage is done than good, you know, or more harm than good, you know, for myself, you know, not necessarily to anybody around me. But but, I um, think when we force ourselves and extend, we think we're like helping the other person. Right. But they're a part of that. There was a a woman, Nancy, in my class. She said, don't be the cow that gives sour milk. (laughs) It's like when you're extending past something, you think you're like hooking them up, but like somehow energetically they're picking up on that sour milk they've got to yeah 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 it's an energy exchange totally yeah so we think we want people to like overextend themselves but that's been part of my healing is like if someone genuinely doesn't want to do something i'm like just tell me like there might be a part that's like oh man you know like (laughs) you don't want to do that but then the deeper parts like yo you don't want anyone to do things for you if they don't really want to do them you don't you know, and that's another new place that we all have to live from because a lot of us want to like dominate or bully things into, you know, like, yeah, I, I could give some examples. I have a, but like, like I, what's up in me is like my own classroom is like forcing a kid to do something they don't want to do. Like they're not going to do it. Like if you don't, if they don't want to do it. Well, they won't know? do it well, right? If you're right, like, you have right. to do this. They're like, right. Ugh, yeah. Right. And it's just like, the, why am I wasting your time? You know, or yeah, I, exactly. I don't know. Or, or, or wasting mine. I, I don't know. I'm not sure what, but. Um, yeah, there's something about that. It's like, what, what, what would you rather be doing? And then, you know, but the heartbreaking thing is, is though a lot of, uh, not a lot, but there, there's a, the, the handful of students that would just rather be doing nothing, you know, or, or, or on their phone or whatever. And I, I get like the, that, like that too. Like I don't fucking yeah. do stuff all the time, you know? Yeah. Um, or, or yeah, there we times, all need our breaks. Yeah. 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 And sometimes we need a long break. You know? <laughs> Seriously though. Yeah. Like I'm seeing, so, you know, Shane has summer and he has been sleeping in a lot. And I, I almost feel bad that the last podcast I made a comment about it because, of course, he, sh- he wants to sleep in late. Like, for the whole school year, he has to wake up at a certain time. He has to be in school for a long block of time, sitting in one desk, going to another classroom, sitting in another desk. It's like, of course, now in this break he's having, he wants to he wants the freedom to do whatever the fuck he wants to do. So I would like to even say, I feel bad that I even was like, Oh, he's becoming such a teenager sleeping. It's like, no teenager, not teenager. 
the kid deserves to catch up on sleep and humans in general, especially if you've been working for years and years in a job you don't like, not talking about you at all, Eddie, but for anyone listening, it's like, it's going to make sense that when the weekend hits or a vacation, if like suddenly you don't feel like moving at all or getting off your phone. I could be wrong, but isn't there like some statistic about um, teenagers and how long that they need to, to sleep? It's like over eight hours, you know, totally. for like yeah. the developing minds or whatever. I don't, I don't know fully, but I think it's more than eight, but, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's more yeah. than eight. And yet, um, like I know our school starts, uh, with first period is like seven thirty, seven thirty five. 735. Wow. Yeah, it's early. Yeah. But I mean, the day ends at two, which is pretty sweet. You know, I mean, to yeah. have like the afternoon, that's you great. Know? I mean, um, but I mean, there's always stuff going on after school, you know, um, do you do a lot of the after involved. school programs? I'm involved with, uh, I have a class called stagecraft and, um, I am involved with like the dramas and the musicals with the, the, the set. You um, build the sets. Production. I used to do that as the art teacher after, but yeah, I was build, not very organ- organized. <laughs> yeah. The, um, they get a taste of it all. Um, we have some, uh, specialists that come in for like lighting and sound, but, uh, I help facilitate like the integration between the students and the professional and, the got it. And that experience, you know, um, yeah, it's really it's it's really neat. You know, it's it's. Do you it, do the paint? Do you just kind of help build, or do you paint I and do the help details? Build. I help okay. build and and organize really, and um, you know, uh, props and things of that nature. There, the drama is more, um, is way more like from building from the ground up. The musical is such a huge production that um, we've been renting uh, pieces, and then wow. I'll have my students do other. Uh, tasks like other other building projects around That's like incredible. The, the main thing. Yeah, what a good neat. skill to have and to teach other people. I've had a few students uh, go on to study theater tech in college, which is pretty neat. Yeah, and um, you know the other thing is too, and and I think that this might um, ruffle some feathers. Is like if if you are a high school student and you don't know exactly what you want to do or what you're going to go to college to study, do yourself a favor and take that gap year. Yeah. Or two. Yeah. So, uh, uh, in, if you can live at home, um, I, I, I feel like I would recommend getting a job or um, volunteering or something that that will and 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 save save your money. And, um, you know, it's interesting because it's like, you know, like money does come at, at, at times like I feel like when you need. But um, I feel like there's been so many instances where students have gone on to go to college and it's just the best freaking party that they've had. And then they really um, didn't get a chance to use everything that was available, you know, or or that the the university had to offer in in a more authentic way, you know, and then it's kind of like that. Um, You know, I've even had family members say, oh, makes like when I would talk about my work and what goes on in my classroom that they wish they would went back and tried a little harder, you know, in school. So it's like, why are you going to force yourself to go into a situation and pretend that you know exactly what you're doing, but you're, but you're not, you know, or you pretend know. to like faking enthusiasm right. anywhere. Oh, get it out of but here. But you learn that as you get older. Cause when you almost are that when you don't take that gap year and you just go to college, but you don't really want to be there. Like you think that that's like what you're supposed to do. Like you're supposed to be more excited for this thing that you're kind of like, uh, you know, it's like you don't have to live like that. Like you can if you're not enthusiastic about doing something, do what Eddie's saying. Like you can take a year off to really feel into it or two or however long you need, because like what's the other option? You're going to waste time. Like go where your heart's calling you. Yeah. And, and Even if it's like backpacking, like sure. right? like through fucking 
<laughs> Thailand, yeah. Asia, like do your thing. Like fucking live. I, it's so funny because like I can I can hear someone saying like how dangerous that would be or like how you know you should just yep. just get the degree anyway. That's but like old school. Like it totally, totally, and and I think it served its purpose and it still does serve people. Right, yeah. it's not for everybody, but yeah. I feel like if you if you have the opportunity, um, to ex- to explore and. Uh, inquire a little bit more within as far as like okay it's it's time i have to make this decision i'm uh, i'm gonna go this and then all of a sudden you you know i work in a in a pretty privileged uh uh town and and generally speaking like if i ask a class like raise your hand if you're gonna go to college it's unanimous right and um there are many who don't have that luxury of like mom and dad paying for their yeah uh college tuition and I feel that if you are someone who doesn't know exactly what you want to do and you're not in that place of privilege, um, like take take your time, you know, because it's yeah. it's 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 going to stink if you decide to go because like I remember being jealous of my friends going to schools where they get to watch their football team play on Saturday on ESPN you know and I went to a SUNY you know I got over that quick because I, I ended up falling in love with with my school I mean I got to wake up at 8 a.m go to shop class like it was the best yeah it's awesome go to wood shop metal shop and um you know do stuff with my hands and 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 learn and and met some really wonderful people around such creativity and um, it was a really great experience, you know. I, I really, I, this design professor, this guy John Belt, and he is someone who I feel genuinely taught me how to change my mind. And the way that he was such a rogue professor, um, you know, totally marched to the beat of his own drum. And his his uh, lab, his studio, was so unique and special. There was just stuff everywhere yeah like he had his barbershop chair from like his first haircut in there and like <laughs> from amazing. from floor to ceiling it was filled with with artifacts projects things that were half done things that were all the way done you'd you'd swing open a door and then a pulley would raise weights from like the other side of the room and um you know all these like paper chandeliers and um it did not look like a classroom or like a a, a lecture hall it was he was so heavy into design and um nature and uh like designing for good and for all of humanity really taught me and gave me a lot of what i've tried to integrate into um my own teaching style and into my own uh uh school and where i work you know i give him a lot of credit for that that's great so yeah yeah i had a professor uh i I took entomology which is a study of insects and i had this one professor who was so into it that you had to get into it. Like I remember it was so random that I fell in love with studying insects. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I never like going into it. I was like, okay, I have to take a science and I had like five things to choose from entomology. I don't know. It just like landed there with my schedule. And he was just like, I remember he'd be up there and he'd be like, all right, let me tell you about this one kind of beetle, you know? And he'd be like, here are the mandibles. And he'd be like doing them with his <laughs> arms and like pretending to eat a bug. But he was like in it. And like, I remember how excited I got into insects and I remember my dad being like, what? You're like loving entomology. And I'm like, yeah, like the teacher's so passionate and it's so real that you like fall in love with it because he has fallen in love with it. And like, that's the kind of thing is like, you can't once again, fake what you're in love with and what you're really into because like 
we feel it. it. We're all vibration, you know? So when you have someone, even if they're into insects, it's like if, if they are genuinely so into it, it's kind of like a Steve Irwin with animals. Like mm. he was so oh my God. Yeah. excited that you got excited too. I mean, who, we all should be excited about animals, but you get what I'm saying. Totally. Like, my friend Tina, she's an incredible interior designer and I call her an architect even though she's not technically an architect, but like I can fall in love with any room through her eyes. Like if I'm with her and she's like, I like she picks up on things that I would maybe miss. Like, oh my God, look at that tile. That's 1950s. And I'm just like, oh, whoa. Like she's right. Like that's unreal. It sounds so, like someone who really knows their stuff, like really embodies their their work. Knows it, but lo- yeah. It's and lo- knowing it from it, right. an embod- Yeah. Like because some people know things, but when the love's not there anymore, it's like, Bueller. Yeah. Oh, totally. Bueller. Totally. Yeah. 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 That's the best when you got a teacher like that who's just it's just their craft, it's their stuff and like they here love it. here it is in like upside upside down and yeah. sideways, you know. But see, I love art, obviously. It's like all throughout my house, but I started not loving teaching art towards the end because I didn't feel the freedom to go about it in the way that I wanted to anymore. So my own love became extinguished in a sense. Like I just started picking up painting again a year and a half ago because when it becomes something that's forced, you know, it's hard to be excited about something when like you have to do it. Like you want to feel like the freedom to pursue what you want to pursue. And there was just something about the curriculum and the schedule. And sometimes I would teach like five or six classes a day, which maybe you have to do too. I don't know what your schedule's like, but like, I can't repeat. Like if I have to repeat a lesson more than once, I can repeat it once maybe in a day. But like after that, I'm just like, all right, guys, this is Kandinsky. <laughs> this is, you know, this is his deal. Like, you know, I can't. It's interesting you bring that up because I feel like our school is in a bit of a, uh, in the midst of like a bit of a renaissance. And something that we're taking a look at in a, in a major way is our bell schedule. Because uh, the time, uh, like I was saying earlier about like the time it takes to dive into something in 40 minutes. And then, you know, in the field of technology and engineering, it's like I want to yeah. give them, I want to give these kids opportunities to create, you know, yeah. and to build. And that process is not exactly done in 40 minutes. And it's also not yeah. exactly done at the same time during the day, every day. Yeah. You know, like sometimes you don't feel like it, you know, or, or some, like I remember there were times where I'd be up to like the hour, like the, the wee hours of the night and then early morning in, in my professor, that design professors in his studio, he used to leave the keys unlocked. Like he would leave the, yeah. the, the, the place unlocked and we would be hang, hanging out in there like two o'clock in the morning, you know, but we do cool shit, you know, like make cool stuff. If you, if kids want to learn, humans want to learn, if it can be exciting. Right. Seriously, like we yeah. all, no one wants to be like, in that vibration. Like right. we, a lot of us have it in us to stay up till two in the morning if it's doing something. Totally. We fucking love. And if we're surrounded by people that kind of, uh, what, what would be the word? Like excite us. Just make us. Ex- yeah. Exactly. Like, like the community, there's like a sense of community there. Community is um, huge. It, it, like kind of like striving for the same same goal, right? Uh, whatever that is. Even if the goal's like, go or, fucking do you. Right. Once again, I, I hate to keep shouting out the all school meeting because it sounds nerdy. I guess this is what I geek out about. It was the community and the freedom. And like, there were so many, like just that art room. Cause there was a moment where you and I both ended up in the art room and I was fucking like DJing it. Like I was, we remember we were just oh, yeah, playing yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever yeah. songs kind of came to mind, mm-hmm. but that's the kind of freedom. I, like people could just wander in and out of that art room um, at their leisure. And I feel like that's the vibe of the 2 a.m. thing is like, if you're just allowed to go in a room when you want, there's no, you don't have to pick up anything ever if you don't want to. Right. But just that freedom to like, and then that room, there was painting, multimedia. Like we just, I can't even imagine having a shop at my 
uh, whim, I guess I'll I would say. Yeah. Where you, I mean, I wouldn't, I, I would need training to do things like welding. You can't just fucking, you know, sure. you could burn off your whole hand. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But I love, like, that is a dream for so many. Like, you could even, <laughs> you could probably do some crazy jewelry making with those skills. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's not your number one passion, but the rings that you could make, like, some probably, you could make some fucking brass knuckle shit. <laughs> can you imagine wearing brass knuckles in the next the, all school meeting but they're like loving you would never use them it's non-dual just like non-dual brass, brass knuckles, knuckles. <laughs> yeah yeah healing knuckles yeah healing knuckles yeah, there was something um that that was up in me when, when we were just talking about like flow state like reaching like that that um that when you're in that creative uh space and you have that time and yes you kind of get lost in your project and i was i was looking in this in this book it's called generation z and it's like speaking to like the millennial population and like this notion that there's like five different generations that are going to be working shoulder to shoulder and out there in the business world currently you know and like that interesting dynamic between young and old and and fresh and and old it's like you got the old school guys that are in there that have been doing this stuff since you know uh, it was invented or whatever yeah. they know they know it in inside out upside down and backwards and then you get the new school in the technology that's trying to make whatever that is completely effortless right or, or simple rather um, you know or collect data with it and yeah. um, but there was I digress there's something about that that managing flow and something I wrote down was like f- with with that flow state your balance the balancing level of challenge and skill required to perform a task interesting right so if so if it's if challenging does not fit our abilities we end up anxious or bored that's true yeah you have to have a certain amount of challenge or almost like positive resistance in your life to feel even motivated to move forward right thank you for bringing that up because that's in all areas of life if something becomes too predictable or too I don't want to even say dull because that's like a, not, but you know what I mean? Like it, it yeah, has if it's to boring. be, yeah, yeah, if it's boring, it's boring right. and we can't fake, you know, you can't fake enthusiasm for sure. You can't do it, but we actually have to wrap it up. I just looked at the, yeah, we have to wrap it up. Cool. Um, can people find you Eddie? Cause I know you're not really on social, like where I know you have a website coming, so let's definitely the website is under construction. But I do. What is I it? do. I do have. Uh, uh, it's in early stages, very early stages of construction. Um, I don't have an address to give you right you now. You don't even have it. Okay, I'll have Come to on, add Kate. it to the description later. No, I, because I, some I have, people listen to this. Like, I have years an from email. Now. I have an email address and a phone number that I'd be willing to give. My email is edamato e d a m a t o one three at gmail.com and my phone number is 845-596-6434. Yeah, reach out for um, for healing um, and supervision right now and uh, you'd get a good rate, that's for sure, you know, especially being um, uh, new into the, the practice. Yeah, so cool that you're like, yeah, you're now entering where you're giving the healings and stuff. So very cool. Oh, also, can I also do like another plug? Yeah, of I have a, a younger sister. Her name is Danielle, and she is this rock star seamstress, designer, fashion. She works with like Brooke Shields and um, yeah. in this firm on like in, in Manhattan on Fashion Avenue. She's like unreal, and she like we have people coming in and uh, I'm living at home right now. She's she's got people coming in and out of, out of the house for alterations. She's doing a wedding dress for somebody. It's like her second or third wedding dress. Um, anyway, so if anybody needs. Uh, um, alterations or um, something uh, handmade or created. She's got a website. I forget what it is off the top of my head. She's going to kill me. But you can reach out to me and I'll, I'll hook you up or, or set it up if you if Amazing. You like I love that, that yeah. she does that. And I love that yeah. you're looking out for her. Totally. She's and no joke. Yeah. No, she sounds it. Yeah. Like, okay, um, me, 
kwolf27 at gmail.com if you'd like a healing. Um, I'm trying to think what else. The next Dragon Sorcery is August 29th um, at New York Comedy Club. Promo Dragon for $10 tickets. Check out my album 1111. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the Kate Wolf. Thank you guys so much for listening. Eddie, Thanks. thank you for coming on. Yeah, it's, it's been fun. Awesome. Thanks. All right, bye.